This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. The things in the news have really gotten my attention. I know they have yours that we're hearing about people being beheaded. We're hearing about this uh, Ebola virus that, you know, is I understand they're they're calling every day and watching 50 people. They initially thought it was isolated, wasn't an issue, and then they had to call all the people in this airplane, all the the people around the airport. I think it was three or four hundred people they wound up connecting with because this man came from Africa with this uh, disease. And he actually lied, and he said he did not come in contact with it. We found that later he had picked up a woman that had this and actually helped her get to the hospital. So, and then they quarantined, had to quarantine his family here because they were told not to go anywhere. They sent the kids to school just uh, two days ago. They cleaned the apartment. All this stuff was, uh, we were just... I guess we were very sloppy in the regards, but they have 50 people that they're calling and looking at each and every day to make sure they don't have this disease. So you could see how something could spread uh, throughout the United States or, or the world, and I, I had this thought, wouldn't it be terrible for a terrorist to, they have no regard for their own life, to go and get this sickness on purpose and come and spread it around. So I, I believe it's a day that we're, we need to be sensitive to the Lord and following His lead. And I, I was with uh, our, our small group a couple weeks ago. We were having pizza. Was it Pyro? Uh, Pyro's Pizza, which I highly recommend. That's the first time Ellen and I have been. But you can make your own pizza. That can be kind of dangerous. Tim and Kathy told us about this place. Anyway, uh, we're, we're there talking and having a great time in our party room. And uh, we got to talking about ISIS and the different things happening in the world. And uh, I mentioned that uh, how many times you see on the news, somebody will say, I can't believe this has happened here. And it's just a normal thing you hear now. That's become the norm. I can't believe that would happen here. And the next thing that came out of my mouth made me laugh. I don't know if anybody else paid any attention. <laughs> made me laugh. But I, I said, uh, you know, we're going to have to uh, trust the Lord. Then I said, has it come to that? <laughs> has it really come to that that we're going to have to trust the Lord? Like we shouldn't be already trusting the Lord. So what the Lord laid on my heart to talk about is living in the end times. And I'm not sure this might just be a, a one-time one -time deal, but uh, I know it's caused me to think about things. And uh, CNN did a, a poll and it said one-third of Americans right now are thinking about end times or thinking about is this thing coming to an end or not. So I think it, it would be good to look in the scriptures and have an answer for people and also to bring ourselves peace 
and uh, strength in the midst of all this. We're seeing in America moral decline. It seems like it's just gotten, uh, it, it's just sliding down a, a slope. I heard uh, yesterday for the first time we had a marriage between three women. <clears throat> that was a new one for me, but three women got married. Enough said. Okay. So the logical question is, are we in the last days? The scriptures, one out every 30 scriptures talk about the return of Christ or the end of the age. Um, so it's many times in the Bible. There's over 300 references in the New Testament about the return of Christ or the end of time, the last days. So there's many places there. And uh, I've looked at this, and it's fun to study it. Um, you can get very deep into it. You can uh, listen to people and, you know, get their books and all this, and you hear the blood moons, and, you know, people have asked me, what about the blood moon? Well, I, I don't know about the blood moon. I haven't really read the John Hagee books or anything, and uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that, you know. Well, pastor, I, let's get into the charts, you know, let's get in the... Well, go ahead and <laughs> have fun with it. Um, it's, it's, okay, it's okay. But let me tell you this. No matter what we try and do is put a date on things, we're not going to know. Because the scripture says that Jesus doesn't know. Now, I don't think God is going to tell us before he tells Jesus. <laughs> Just a thought. So, I, I want to look at just a, a little bit of the signs, and you can find a, a whole lot uh, in Matthew 24. But let me read to you Matthew 24, verse 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when, this, when will this happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, this was 2,000 years ago, and the disciples were asking about this. And really, when they said, when will this happen, they were asking about the temple being destroyed, uh, the destruction of the temple. So we know that, that that's already happened. Every generation has thought they were it. It was over. It was, I can remember uh, getting saved. And Hal Lindsey, uh, how many remember Hal Lindsey? That's what I thought. Very few of us. <laughs> Hal Lindsey was uh, the late great planet Earth. And I, I mean, it got me so stirred up. I thought, I don't need to study the Bible. I'm saved. I need to quit everything. I just need to go out, you know, and uh, be like John the Baptist and just go shout and repent, and, you know, because the world's coming to an end. And uh, I found out that, you know, we're still here. <laughs> Then I found out that every generation has actually, you know, thought the same thing. And uh, so it's interesting to look at. I will say this. There are a couple of things that uh, are about this generation that we don't see in other generations. And in Matthew 24, and I'm not going to cover this first, but it does talk about that this, this gospel would be preached to all nations and then the end will come. Um, that was something that was just uh, wasn't feasible. Uh, 
years ago. Uh, but now with technology and the digital age that we live in, that, that is something that is, is possible and is something that's in, in the process of being fulfilled. I mean, they can take and put a whole school on one of these, uh, what's it, like, junk drives? Or junk drives? I don't know why they call it junk. Jump? Oh, it's just me that calls it junk. <laughs> jump. I never knew it was jump. No wonder people looked at me. I said, about those little junk drives. <laughs> I tell you, you got to watch what you say these days. They change the meanings of words, and you go, you know, you're cursing someone, and you don't even know it. I mean, what? I know. Okay. Anyway, a jump drive. Uh, you can put uh, so much of the Bible, you can put a whole school on it. I mean, it's just open up things. And by the way, that word nation there is not what we think of a nation. It means people groups. And you can have in a nation uh, thousands of people groups. And this number kind of varies the, uh, the, who you listen to, I guess. Uh, they, they, most of them, I'd say, around 15,000 people groups that, that need to be reached. And we're, we're over half of those have been reached, and they're working diligently on reaching us. So we can see that being fulfilled. And the other thing in Revelations, uh, we would read about the two witnesses that would be killed and said the whole world would see them. That, that seemed like um, just an impossibility. But now with satellite, we can see where everyone could view that and see that. So there are things that are in place that you can see that these last days that, you know, we're, we're right there. Now, and I want to read this scripture just because I'm such a student of the word and talking about are we living in the last days? Well, Acts 2.17 says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, skipping down to 21, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, my question to you, can you call upon the name of the Lord now and get saved? Everyone say yes. That's a trick question. Yes, because God has poured out his spirit, but he said that would happen in the last days. The last day started at the day of Pentecost, if that helped you any. The question really should be, are we in the last of the last days? Being a, a stickler for the word, I had to throw that out. But we will refer to them the last days from, from now on, because if you tell somebody the last of the last days, it's just, no, okay. 2 Peter chapter 3, I want to look at uh, some conditions on the earth. And like I said, read all of Matthew 24. It's full of it. That's where it talks about earthquakes and nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and all, all these things. That's uh, a great uh, book to read. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, coffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. It's talking about morals will decline. There will be no standards. 
truth will be scoffed at and mocked. I mean, no, we can see that big time in our culture or society today. It will be like, if it feels good, do it. Verse 4, they will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, uh, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. They deliberately forgot that God made the heavens by the word of his command. He brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Uh, it's interesting to me. It says they deliberately forgot. They forgot that God is the creator. He created this earth. He created your, your body. Do you know that the medical... Uh, People cannot figure out your body. It's so, the detail and the design, it's just awesome. And you find someone who's worked in the medical field, and they just, many of them just say, it's God that once you open the body and see how it's put together, it's just amazing. Verse 6, then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood, and by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire, that they, they are being kept for the day of judgment when ungodly people will be destroyed. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. Now, Jewish scholars all believe that the earth has seven days, or 7,000 years. And from Adam to Jesus is 4,000 years. And then Jesus to now is 2,000 years. Say, so, well, I've got, that's 6,000. I've got another 1,000. Well, let me help you with that. There's a millennial reign of Christ as 1,000 years included in that seven years. So that puts us about five minutes to midnight. <laughs> I, mean, I, I had a dream it's been over 20 years ago, and I saw this big clock, and it's five minutes to midnight. And I believe that things are, are quickly coming to pass, but I have to say that all the dreams I've had, I see a glorious church rising up, and there is, there is time because God is wanting the harvest He's wanting people to know him. Verse 9, the Lord isn't be, really being slow about his promise. As some people think, no, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. I love that. He wants everyone. There's a destiny for everyone. Everyone. Born on this earth, God has a destiny for them. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Like I said, Jesus doesn't know when that is. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. So what do we learn from this uh, text of Scripture? We learn that people are going to be distracted with life. 
And that's in your notes there. People will be distracted with life. They're going to forget about creation. They're going to forget about God. They're going to be distracted with their own thing, their own desires, doing what feels good to them. They're going to be uh, thinking about themselves and forget that there's a higher purpose for you being here than just you. There's others that need to know him. Say, well, pastor, this isn't me. Well, I think it's good to evaluate your life. How much of the world are you focused on? We all, including me, we can slip into it. I, I have to watch. I can start watching the news and get into everything that's happening. I have to watch it because I'll find an hour pass and I, I'm just like this, watching and I have to turn that thing off. Go, need some good news. Need to go to God. Living in the last days. I, I believe we're to enjoy life though. He wants you to enjoy life. But really to enjoy life, you've got to have him at the center of your life. And that's the difference. Is having God as the center of your life. In Matthew 24 verse 37... It says, but as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until that, the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Now actually, a scripture tells us that to the family of God, the believer, that his return should not be as a thief. We should be looking and inspecting, watchful and in prayer. What else do we see here? People will forget God. People will forget God. Matthew 24, 12, it says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, it's so interesting to me that most parts of the world, Christianity is growing rapidly. In China today, 35,000 new believers will be birthed into God's family. Today, 9.8% of the 1.3 billion are serving God now in China which is huge, huge for that area. There are people in Iran, Muslims, that are having dreams about Jesus. I just heard of a, a, a gathering uh, in Syria of uh, Iraqis uh, and uh, people from Iran, and there was another, Turkey, who are Christians who met together in prayer. These people are supposed to be against each other, but how many know the body of Christ brings us together? Amen. And then I happened to see uh, the other day 
uh, on the 700 Club, Benny Hinn was there, and he said for the first time, he said this has never happened before, but the government of Indonesia, which is a Muslim country, invited him to come and hold a crusade there, and the government paid for it. They said 1.6 million people came and heard the gospel. God is doing things. What about America? Well, you can get different stats on it, but most all of them do agree that it's flatlined. There's no growth. And that's so sobering to, to think about that. Here's our nation. And the rest of the world is, is growing in Christianity, and yet we flatlined. Let me give you some interesting things to look at. Uh, different gen generations. The builder's generation, 1927. You were born in 1927 to 1945. 65% of the Bible were Bible-based believers, 65%. They loved God, they loved the Scriptures, they followed after the things of the Lord. Um, do we have any builders here? Is any builders? They probably already gone home. No, Roger, Roger's young. Okay, we won't. Ladies, y'all, I'm sure said men only. Now, hey, you got 120 years, so no. Builders. Uh, boomers, which is, is what I am, and 35% uh, Bible-based believers. So we went from 65 to 35%. Now this is where you have, this is where your president is, your senators, uh, judges, your CEOs, uh, really kind of the people that are uh, leading the nation now. Are, are out of this group. Then you have the Busters, 1965, 1983, 16% Bible-based believers. Do you see a trend there? 16%. And then we have uh, today, Bridgers, or Millennials, uh, 1984, the present, 4% Bible-based believers. We have... That's the reason we're so focused on young people, children's ministry. Uh, we don't just, we're not babysitting kids. Even in, in the nursery, they're hearing scriptures, toddlers, they're being taught on their level about God. Because it's important that we turn this thing, turn this thing around. But you see why, well think about this, if the if the boomers are, are leading, kind of leading the nation right now, look how we are at 35%. Think about it at 4%. What would this nation look like? They're already forecasting that we will be like Europe, a non-Christian, will be a non-Christian nation. If we continue the path that we're going on at this time. How many can believe that we can turn the path Now, I looked this up because I've heard this, that our kids go to college and 
85% turn away from God then. And I, I tell you, I, I hunted for this. I want the truth on this because I've, I've heard the stat. And uh, I found the place online and it said that's not true. But it said it's 70%. 70% of church kids go to college and turn from God. Now, it said that approximately uh, close, it's a little less, but close to two-thirds when they're older will turn back. They start turning back to God is what they've seen. But this really stuck out to me. The 30% that stick with God, they found that it's a husband and wife who are committed to God, committed to their church, and living wholeheartedly for the Lord. Those are the ones that stick. Those are the ones that follow through. So parents, it's important what you're modeling and the example that you're giving because they will follow it. Last week we heard about uh, following. Following. Your kids' parents are following you. So give them something good to follow. Amen. The next thing we can draw from this is people will not be ready. Matthew 24, 40. And two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. First Thessalonians, another place you can find scriptures. 5, verse 2. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Uh, what, I'm, what I want to look at now is what do you do? Because, you know, I really think that what's more important than knowing what time it is, is what do you do with the time that you have? Because truth is, it is your last days. What are you going to do to make your life count? What are you going to do to make a difference? I think that's really what we need to look at. And I we do need to know that signs are there. Be watchful and praying. But I want to ask you, where are you going to do that? How are you going to live? What difference are you going to make? In 1 Chronicles 12, 32, it says, Son of Issachar had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. And that's my prayer for you, that you'll know what to do. So number one, we need to think Clearly, we need to think clearly. First Peter 4, 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. When you're clear-minded or word-minded, to be clear-minded, you've got to have the word in you. And it, it takes prayer to stay that way. And then self-control will come. We need to be thinking straight. Because you can be so influenced and affected by the thoughts and the culture of this world, by media. But we need to be only looking in the Word of God and be thinking clearly. Be thinking the word, words of God. 
Now, Peter here, it's interesting, he thought the end was near, and this was 2,000 years ago. That's the reason I'm saying, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do now? In America, 62% of the of people believe Jesus is coming back, but only 7% are living for him. Makes you wonder, do they really believe it? I don't have this in your notes, but in uh, Philippians 3, it talks about people would be so earthly-minded that they would be acting just like the world, forgetting God. Their minds have been captivated by the things of this world and their conduct and the way they look is like the world. And, and Paul, he said he had tears because these have actually become enemies of the cross. Because if you say you're a Christian and you live like the world and conduct your life like the world, you're really an enemy to the gospel. Because people think, well, it doesn't work. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect someone's life. Number two, I need to focus on relationships. I need to focus on relationships. Verse 8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So we need to walk in love and understand the only thing that's going to heaven is people. The only thing that is eternal is people. And we got to love people. And even though they can do you wrong, you love them back. Even though you, you might have been uh, abused, they may have said some bad things about you, whatever, you got to walk in love and forgive them and release that. Number three, I need to make a difference. I need to make a difference with my life. 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do, do this one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We need to make a difference with our lives. And you do have a gift. You do have a place of service. You do have a grace in you to serve humanity, to serve people, and to be a blessing. We need to make a difference. It means we need to get to work. Living in last days means we need to be giving and loving and serving and reaching out to people around us, making a difference. Because you are in the last of your days. And you want to leave a legacy. You want to make a difference. There'll be no one in heaven saying, you know, I'm... Whew, I sure wish I hadn't spent all that time serving the Lord. I sure wish I hadn't forgiven my neighbor. <laughs> it's going to be none of that. You're going to be glad. 
But see, there's people that are giving their life for the gospel, and, and we get all bent out of shape because the neighbor, oh, they cut down your little tree. Oh, oh, that neighbor, they just irritate me so much. I need to pray and fast, see if I can forgive them. I just, I just don't know. And that's, that's important. We will pray for you and, and with you. But get the bigger picture. <laughs> and number four, I need to receive God's grace. I need to receive His grace. 2 Peter 3.11 Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteous. I mean, we're going to have a new earth. You're going to live here. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be basketball football. There's going to be some golf courses, and you're going to get a hole in one every time. <laughs> it says, so then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you've already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall into your, from your secure position but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Where are we do to grow in grace and the knowledge of God. We've got a people that need to hear the truth, that need the love of God, and we represent him in the earth. There's coming a day that they can't call upon the name of the Lord. There's coming an end, and it'll be closed off. You can't get saved. We have a job to do. We need to, those empty chairs around you, we need to fill them up. We need to be sensitive to what God is saying. Slow down sometimes and reach out and minister to those in our world. God will give opportunity. He's got to be ready to make a difference. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word today. I thank you for grace, Lord, that we live in these days not according to our own power, but according to the strength that you provide, according to the grace of God, we live in these days. And Lord, I thank you 
for each and every person that's hearing your word today. May we live and conduct our lives in a way that is pleasing to you, that brings honor to your name, that causes Jesus to be attractive to a lost and dying world. If today you've never called upon Jesus Christ, you can call upon Him to be your Lord and Savior. He loves you. He died for you. He's waiting for you to respond to His love. All you have to do is call. Mean it from your heart. And you can be His. No one looking around with every head bowed. You say, Pastor, I need to get right with God today. Just lift up your hand. And we're going to pray. I'm not going to ask you to come down. We're going to pray. And we're going to believe God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Everyone say, Dear Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price that was paid for my eternal salvation. I make Jesus the Lord of my life. Come and take control, Lord. Thank you for loving me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God thanks this morning. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.